Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. I guess it's just the human spirit. I still have a great faith and I believe in people and I enjoy helping people. And, you know, all those people we ended up somehow helping as well. So again, I just, I just believe in relationship building and that you have to, you have some of those experiences, you learn from them and maybe you can then see, foresee a little bit, maybe it's going to happen again. Maybe it might not be the right fit and then maybe some people will move on. However, you, you do bounce back. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Tanya Matthews. Uh, she is the co-founder of Workspace Atlantic. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Wendy. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to have you too. Um, I, I think uh, I'm going to reverse the order of what we usually talk about. I'd like to talk a little bit about your industry first, because it seems like it's so topical right now to talk about hot desking and remote workspaces, especially as we, we transition into a new phase in our lives right now. Um, how is What's going on in the industry for you? Absolutely. It's uh, certainly the right time and the right place for us. Uh, definitely ahead of our time and fantastic times people are pivoting and changing we see in the world uh, around us and uh, definitely so locally where people are looking for a hybrid model to work out of and whether it's uh, coming to us for a full office space that they may be using uh, 24 7 365 or maybe they're sharing a co-working space uh, one of our dedicated desks or even the meeting rooms are coming back. Uh, so it's mm. certainly a very busy time for us now, starting to pick up, especially for September. The meeting space, interesting. So that's probably more indicative than say your private office space of what's going on out in the in the world. How is your, like, is it, it goes up, it goes down. Like how is meeting space coming? Is it coming back right now? Starting to come back now. And uh, with uh, the 50% capacity at this very point, we have been using. So we find that people now are starting to feel comfortable and wanting to get back into face-to-face mm. -face meetings of some form. And so we're keeping it at the 50% capacity. Uh, and so people are being comfortable. However, people have booked a lot of meetings for September. We're pretty heavy on the schedule now, which is exciting. That's awesome. That's so exciting to hear. Now I have, um, I've actually, full transparency, I got to use your space for a couple months last year, which uh, which was so helpful for us to transition from one space to another. Um, how how did the industry come, how did you get into this industry? Well, truth be told, we had a building in uh, Moncton, which we still have, 795 Main Street, where we're located. And that was where it was born in 2012. Uh, 2012, workspace. so you're nine years old. Okay. Yes, yes. So it started there. We had a third floor there and we thought, what can we do here? And uh, one of the commercial buildings locally in Bedford 
we had and someone had a, a small uh, shared workspace and we thought Ooh, that's a great idea and so then workspace became about and here we are today how many locations do you have now we have four locations one in moncton one and now we have three here in metro so one in dartmouth which is an express on octoloni what does that mean it's a smaller location has two meeting rooms and uh, just two offices. We do have two offices upstairs as well, which which is uh, we inhabit ourselves as our head office. So it's a smaller level. Mm-hmm. However, it's very busy, very popular uh, in the downtown urban Dartmouth where people really want to be. And then we have a location in Bedford, very popular, mm-hmm. and uh, then Bears Lake. Well, that's fascinating. So you're you're avoiding the downtown core. We, we weren't uh and pre-covid we almost had a large space there with someone interested in take taking it on and, and a, a fantastic space and i believe it would have been very popular for those downtown especially people who live down there and uh just Didn't COVID hit yeah so what, what yeah, is your business model for growth we you know we, we were in the green room you were talking a little bit about licensing what does that mean to you guys so that means we find someone who's interested in partnering partnering with us, who has a passion to be in the industry as well, maybe have their business within the space. And then uh, we ensure, as, and for me, what I do is travel around to the locations and then especially even to Bedford to support uh, on a uh, regular basis to just adhere to all, all of what we are doing ourselves. So it just helps us bring that excitement and passion and all the processes uh, to them. However, I almost get like the brand and the operating manual. Correct, 100%. And then they run with it. We we had Bedford ourselves and then someone took it over, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really works well. It's very exciting. And they, uh, because their business is in there as well. And it it really takes... uh, someone if you're in it it works you need to be in it to help make it roll Mm. it's your house and these are your guests and you're making sure everyone's working together right oh that's awesome um one of the things uh we were also chatting a little bit about um was the importance of sometimes working we we always are told work on our business work on our business but tanya recently you had an opportunity to work in your business tell us about that and the lessons you learned from that all right well, I'm sure as uh, there are some business owners here or people who work in the, in an industry, I'm sure have noticed that very difficult to find uh, new people to work right now. And uh, one of two of our people have moved on. So one was going back to school and then locally one person was just moving on to take some time for themselves. They actually worked all of COVID and I give those people a lot of credit. So in order to find somebody, I didn't find someone in time for the two week notice. So I dove right in and was in there on the daily basis 8 30 to 5 and it really you know it gives you that opportunity to check in on your business uh see some things that might be glaring at you that you need maybe want to change or adjust uh, accordingly and that's what happened it was really uh i enjoyed it i of course have a passion passion is my word because i believe you have to have a passion when you have a business and i love people so, and now the new person is on board. However, I, I have found that there's not a lot of people who want to work. I did get a ton of resumes from the other side of the world. I'll be very honest. It was very interesting. And however, I didn't think the commute was something they could make. And even if you state that, it doesn't seem to deter people. So mm. it's a very interesting time for sure. 
What do you think it is? Why are people, why is it hard to find people right now? It's a very good question. Whether I, I believe whether with COVID it has changed people, they're pivoting, they're readjusting, they're recovering. Uh, there's a lot of, I, I, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure why people aren't needing to work. Maybe they're on uh, some other form of assistance. Maybe they're just taking a step back and seeing where they need to be next. It's, uh, we had some people apply and when we interviewed and went through it all, then some people uh, declined the position as well. And even financially, it was more than what they were asking for. So interesting mm -hmm. times in the world, very interesting. So people, it feels like uh, what you're saying is that they're becoming very, maybe the time gave them very clear about what's important to them yeah. about their work and they're not accepting anything less. Absolutely. Very selective, I believe. And I still believe people want to do that hybrid of maybe some time at home to work mm. and then in the office. In this position, we need to hand, you need to have the face, we're the face. So the service, customer service, we have to have the person in the seat. Well, it's really so, like, they're really like almost like the front desk at a hotel or a, a full on reception. They have to be there. As a community manager, you're building a community. So the service is there, providing the service to set up and uh, building your community with your members, as we call it a membership-based business. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. Um, I sometimes like to talk about uh, numbers and measurables and things like that. And Tanya, you were, you were sharing that you, you guys spend a fair amount of time on your goals and your numbers, and we'll dig into that a little bit. But was that always the case for you? Well, it's interesting. I was thinking about that, where it all came from. And uh, as I listened to some of the other podcasts, it was for me, I, I grew up in a home that was, we did focus on that as, as in the savings component uh, with my parents. And I had a bank account very young and uh, learned to save. And also I, I started my journey and I thought about this and I sold Avon. And I went door to door and sold it as a, in junior high and high school. And I loved it in my neighborhood and I was very successful. And I, and I never, I just thought about that recently and said, that's where it started because I love people and I love building relationships. So I think my passion for just working with people, then the money looks after itself, as they say, right? So, you know, the goals uh, and setting goals for financially was really from the outset has been there in terms of being successful in the business world. And no, I'm not afraid of the goals, the numbers, et cetera. I, I'm not afraid of, I don't think sales is a dirty word. I don't, I, I like to build relationships and I feel that the success comes from that. And then setting those goals so that you know where you are, your targets and seeing them uh, on a daily, weekly, monthly, uh, yearly basis is mm. What do you measure besides revenue and those numbers for yourself right now? So we measure success in terms of, you know, filling this, filling the seats. So not always are the, excuse me, are the numbers, uh, what has to be hit, you know, you do, you know, your goal is to hit them, but in COVID it has changed a bit mm. and uh, success was, you know, getting, getting people to uh, come back to the offices, uh, you know, the offices were there and, People, we, we remained open half days during the major shutdowns and, you know, ensuring that our members were looked after and that they were comfortable, um, they were safe, you know, with the PPE, et cetera, uh, that our team was safe, right? So our team had to be safe and comfortable 
and they worked half days and then switched to their phones. So we tried to make it work. Uh, we did that hybrid ourselves, even at, in the shutdowns, which was a challenge. And, you know, success in, in numbers isn't, you know, the, the be all it's, you know, happiness, mm. happiness is what helps make people successful and whether happy at home, happy in their work life, et cetera. Uh, it has to come together. It can't just be the bottom line all the time. Yeah, I think happiness, well, when I think of the title of this podcast, The Real Bottom Line, happiness has to be added in because that is part of the real bottom line, right? 100%. Uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, so Tanya, how do you measure happiness? I feel that and it's so interesting. Yeah, you asked that. We've been, there's so many books out there now on happiness and and success, and but really happiness fuels your success. So if I'm passionate about what I'm doing, number one, I, I truly believe in that. And otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. And uh, I feel that for me, connections and relationships are very important mm -hmm. and have always led me to be successful in whatever I have done. And I still stand by that adage is that it's relationship building. I enjoy it. I enjoy people in all levels and I enjoy having a good the juggle, I guess, is real. So you balance it out with the work, uh, the the play, which I can consider exercise, and then uh, the giving back. I truly believe in charity work. I have been involved since my youth, and I believe in giving back to the community, and and I love that. So I feel that really aids in the total package. How do you choose which um, organizations to support? I've been involved in. Uh, the Canadian Progress Club, Halifax Citadel Women for since 2003. I was chosen as a Women of Excellence and I went to the dinner and I here locally, I'm not from here, I'm from New Brunswick. And when I came from Acadia, I went and got started there from being in business and went as a guest and heard some of the stories. And I really feel uh, giving back to women and children in need, it fits, fits us and fits me where, where I wanted to do. And that's really how it's been ever since that. So whether it's, uh, you know, Phoenix, Family SOS, Chisholm for Children, those have really hit close to heart. And mm -hmm. I have done a lot of work with those, whether doing golf tournaments uh, through our golf club uh, or supporting at Christmas or just giving school packages and gift and bags back to school. We're doing that now at Workspace. So. I just believe for us, for me, the women and children and supporting uh, them and giving back. Amazing. Um, when you think back over the last nine years at Workspace and, and then even before that, what are some of the biggest challenges you've run into? People. I, I believe the people side is the biggest challenge. And, and I love relationship building. I just feel that is where you have to focus on your people. And, you, and it starts with, you know, hiring. You need to ask the right questions. Uh, get the right people and then you need to then you, you need to show your passion and leadership is key uh, leadership uh, and and development of your people is where mm. it's at, and that helps to take them to their happy place whether it's with you or not right and you know I can you know had thousands of team members over my experience oh, yes. Yes. and uh, I really today could meet any one of those people on the street still I'm in contact with many of them and it would be a positive experience I really can't say there's been anything negative I've truly enjoyed that and I believe it's the people and leadership is 
cr crucial. So whether you're doing leadership and do some leadership in your training, uh, we always have involved that, whether through books, uh, sessions, conferences, it, it really makes a difference. Yeah, investing in your people is important, isn't it? Um, it's interesting. So you brought up uh, a previous business that you and your husband owned and had a successful uh, um, exit from. Uh, how long ago was that now, Tanya? Was that 10 years ago? Yes, it was to be uh, 2010. Yes, 12 years now. So you had a very successful um, fitness empire called New Bodies and, and Good Life bought them. Yes. So you have already retired once. Tell us about that experience, Tanya. All right. Yes. Well, that was a great experience. And uh, it was the opportunity came about at the time. And I guess that when you build a business, that's sort of the goal in the end. However, uh, it was my life and uh, we truly enjoyed it. And when the time came, it was the right time. And uh, and then what? Right. So yeah. three months later, we uh, took a little hiatus and uh, we looked at each other and said, now what? Because when you had 250 emails a day and you had a thousand team members and 50,000 members, it wasn't, you know, you didn't sit down long and uh, however it was our passion and really believed in it. So then we looked at each other and, you know, retirement is different for everybody. And I still believe that everybody needs a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And when that purpose, it doesn't always have to be work either. You did, you know volunteering and and giving back can be your purpose or you know people a man told me the other day he was fly fishing like there are can be purposes it just depends on what how you're wired and what you'd like to do and you know at 45 I was pretty young to retire so uh, that has we didn't we moved on and that's how workspace really was born and then some of the other companies as well so I feel having a purpose to be involved in something that you believe in and that you have a passion for really can keep you, you know, focused and enjoy life more and mm. uh, useful and involved in, in the community and in, in what you're doing. And again, it's about the people because if you don't have those relationships and that social outlet, and then you are, are lost, I believe. And I, I see that, and you know, that's a big topic of today is, with COVID, people were, had lost touch with people, whether we were just all Zooming like this. However, it's still that face-to-face. -face is mm. My belly-to-bellies are still important to me. <laughs> um, one of the things, were you, when you built new bodies, uh, sometimes when we build something, um, we don't know what we don't know, so it becomes this thing. Were you more deliberate about how you wanted your next phase of work to be or what you were involved in or how it was structured? Did things that did anything change? I think we knew. I think we learned a lot. Help <laughs> <Darn laughs> <sure>. right? <laughs> no, darn sure. Learned to you know, you know, you learned a ton and you took what you learned and moved it into this. And this is a membership-based business as well. So we took what worked. Yes. And uh, repeated it. And and it was still with people, because that's definitely my passion. And it's just a different product, a little bit different product, although we were very service oriented in our past business. So this is very service oriented well, which is something I believe in. So I think taking all of those lessons and bringing them forth has produced a product that we're pretty proud of, that we believe obviously ahead of time of our time a little bit. Uh, mm. You know, yes, the WeWorks of the world had influenced us as well to see that this is possible. And then uh, 
keeping it keeping it rolling and growing and pivoting and changing as the times change as well. That's interesting. With that many employees and that big of a thing in the past and, and now a little smaller, tell me about your delegation skills. Well, you definitely had to learn to delegate. I mean, <laughs> the, the, you can't, you have to learn that you can't do it all. And sometimes you, of course, we think we can, and then that just leads to burnout and that's, it's just not a healthy way to work. And, and we also learn, teaches you to let go a bit. And when, at one point, when we learn to let go, then the business really thrives. Mm. And it's very interesting. What does let go mean to you, Tanya? Well, I just can't micromanage everything. You know, mm. you had to, you, yes, you can have reporting and have a weekly meeting and, you know, bring your people together to discuss. And however, you can't be in every space at every time, you know, at every moment. So you have to trust. Mm. I guess trust is a really big word and uh, that where's that where that leadership comes from and the proper training and programming to get people started and then that trust to let them go with it and fly and and then the success comes from that rather than holding on so tight that people don't have that freedom or feel that you trust them to bring out their skills and and do the best they can do for you as well. So in the past, you've probably had employees that you gave trust to and then they didn't earn it. How did you come back from that? How do you bounce back from instances where people have burned that trust? You know, that's interesting. Uh, it's a very good question as well. And again, over all those people, there's only been a hand, less than a handful, I would say, that had the real burn had happened. <laughs> the real burn. And, and uh, <laughs> you, you know, amazing as a human spirit you just say they must have been in need mm. uh somehow that they needed help or support or you know had maybe something that was bigger than us and they needed it maybe more than we did so you learn to just move forward and believe in your heart that you know that was just a one-off or a two-off you know very rare and you do. I, I, it's happened. We've had to move forward and we did and you do. So I guess it's just the human spirit. I still have a great faith and I believe in people and I enjoy helping people. And, you know, all those people we ended up somehow helping as well. So again, I just, I just believe in relationship building and that you have to, you have some of those experiences, you learn from them and maybe you can then see, foresee a little bit, maybe it's going to happen again maybe it might not be the right fit and then maybe some people will move on however you you do bounce back it's amazing i think the human spirit is pretty incredible did you find yourself um did you uh, as a result of, obviously if there was a bad if it was a big bad trust issue then i guess you would have to even look at systems and processes to make sure that things were a hundred percent i can think of one this one time exactly and that's exactly what happened was that then you tighten those processes you put in a new system and then you think oh look at how that that they get around that and how did that happen and then you learn from it so the processes do become a little tighter so it's just a process then it's not meaning that it's harder on the people it's just <clears throat> something that you follow and adhere to and then those things won't happen or have the chance to happen so easily um what um what do you do when you you said you have weekly, monthly, and annual reviews meetings? Do you have an agenda for those meetings, Tanya? We do. So usually, sorry, and we switched to bi-weekly now because it came too much. So we do bi-weekly and we were doing Zooms all of COVID. We, we did keep in touch because we want, you know, we could do it on the phone too, but we did the Zooms to keep in touch with everybody. And 
we set an agenda and so the agenda will include we try to do a fun part where we're connecting and finding out something about each other and that was something new that I added to make a little fun and bring that something about people and uh, mm. know each other because some of us are spread out we don't all get to go to Moncton and everything too and then we do an education component we do a um, you know something on something we can learn about whether it's social media wise some new something new that someone can bring to the table uh, and then we often um, do some articles we like to do a lot of articles and promote like we promote a lot on LinkedIn so our articles are very specific to our industry so we bring forth some of those and discuss them and then if people have ideas they like to share and then if we do a promotion so those are some of our you know, to do's on that list on in terms of the numbers we review, we review where we need to be where we are, who's in the offices or who has some leads, you know, we have a prospecting and CRM system as well. So we use that. Uh, we also work on um, monthly newsletters uh, to send out uh, through constant contact some of our some of the things that we use in our business. So and that it gives each of the uh, community managers a chance to to talk as well about their business and how they're feeling and what because it helps people come together so they're not alone right mm. and they real they feel more connected yeah i found out we ended ended up going to more meetings when covid started just to keep that connection going and we were at a weekly and now we've just gone back to bi-weekly for the summer and then yeah yeah that's awesome um what has been your biggest win lately Wow, lately. Hmm. I guess it's just coming back, you know, getting people coming back and getting into the business. And there's just so many more inquiries. And it's great to see that life is coming back mm. to a new normal, whatever that may be. And it's great to have our, uh, our team being engaged again and to being, being able to uh, build a community again. Yeah. Because that's been something we've had to put on hold a bit and to do some of the community things, whether we have guest speakers or, you know, we yeah. even have ice cream day, just brings, you know, in some things to, for the members. It's been very challenging. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we're about to open up the floor to questions. And I know Wayne, Wayne, you, uh, I'll go to Wayne first, then Melanie. Uh, Wayne. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I was just curious of two things. Number one is what does a typical client look like in terms of uh, just demographics, blah, blah, blah. Um, and what do they normally sign up for? And then how do you determine pricing um, to make sure that, uh, yeah, I'm just curious how that, you know, how that works. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Wayne. Great questions. Uh, number one, our members can be anyone who has anyone. I mean, we've had people who are students. We've, for the most part, we have members who are um, either small companies have come in and need a space that they want to share and or use uh, together. Uh, we've also had individual members who, like Wendy, has a business, they came. Uh, we have individuals who have accounting firms, for example. We have lawyers. Uh, we have, um, you know, people who do products like um, design products. We have insurance companies. We have a variety of members and some are small businesses where maybe they'll have four offices and some are singles. Some are people who come and have a business and do co-working. 
So they aren't ready for the full office. They would like something on a smaller scale. So they use co-working where they use a hot desk and come in uh, at various times. So it really can be anybody. And uh, with our with our packages, we can really support anyone in what they would like to uh, do, whether it's coming daily or coming twice a week, uh, we can make it fit for them. Because with the offices, they do get full furnished office, phone lines, you know, secure Wi-Fi, and of course, the staff reception, 8.30 to 5, Monday to Friday. They have 24-7 access, so they can get in at any time to get into their office. Um, your second question was the pricing. Pricing. So we set our pricing, uh, how that happens is we set the pricing on industry standard and also uh, locally to see what other people are doing around and how it works. And so that we're supporting the space that we're in as well. I mean, depending on the size of the space and uh, but what we offer in terms of meeting rooms, it's the same in meeting room pricing all across the board. The offices can be of different prices because of sizes and the location. So it's a little bit different in New Brunswick in compared to Halifax, just depending on the demand and the uh, size of each of the offices too, and the place that we're in. So we just started that with, that's how we decided in terms of pricing for us and the number of offices you have as well. Like some of our spaces have 30 offices, some have two. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because we were in a space that had three desks so we could share and all work together. So that was it right. would have been a different price than a price in a single office. Right. So there's triples. We even have quads now too. So there's many different sizes as, as well as the offices. So it's very uh, flexible and uh, and convenient. That's awesome. It's a great one for people who I think and and depending on your transition, what I loved about it was the flexibility of how you can structure that for the needs of the client of the member. Sorry. <laughs> Melanie, bringing you out for your question. Hi. Um, thanks, Wendy. Tanya, it's really interesting how you started with Avon and the, the whole customer focus um, and how you see that as a success. And then you went new bodies. Wow, that's phenomenal. You've accomplished a lot. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that. I, I'm interested as well. Like I smiled when Wayne asked this question about your, you know, who your clientele is, who your membership base is. And um, I'm just wondering, how do you feel, because you talked about connection and with your team and then that forward connection with your members and community building. So how do you see, and do you see, I don't want to assume that, do you see those, that there, there's this mental health benefit to these kind of workspaces? And if so, how? Um, especially for entrepreneurs, I'm thinking uh, specifically, it can be very isolating otherwise. So just wonder if you could speak to that, maybe some of your experiences and feedback from clients and Absolutely. The members, it's incredible because that's where the community comes into play is that the members feed off of each other. Mm. You wouldn't believe the networking that occurs within. Mm. Slowed down a little bit with COVID. However, uh, beforehand, and now I see it happening again, members are reaching out to each other. We introduce them as well as a new person comes. We do a newsletter introducing them internally, <clears throat> taking them around to meet people. And also, I, it's just so amazing to see the networking. I saw it the other day, someone from this company said, oh, where's uh, so-and-so's card? I want to connect. I said, oh, I'll reach out to them. Let's get them together. There they were meeting in a, in a room after that. Uh, one of the businesses does um, uh, marketing materials. So they 
do shirts, hats, whatever. And so that's been huge for companies and they're really connecting with others. And, you know, they offer um, to get together and, and support each other that way. I really see that a lot. I see it very positive where people, you're right. They could be alone all the time. COVID has been, but at least these people are in with each other and they really develop. You can hear people chatting. Now it's even more coming back, which is so nice to see people speaking to each other, um, stopping at the office doors. You can see it uh, maybe at the, you know, we provide the bottomless coffee. So they're getting a coffee, they're chatting and uh, gathering each other that way and connecting with each other. So one, I, I see that as a huge mental health support for each other the networking and the growth opportunities. Someone was offering, you know, I think this is a great opportunity. They could build a website for this company and it's, it's a, a great opportunity. What we have done in the past is also have done some workshops or brought in a guest speaker for our members. We've done lunch and learn so that the members can come and, you know, be in the large training room or event area and we put that on. So it brings them together as well. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people come to a co-share workspace uh, place is to have that connection with others so they aren't working by themselves at home. And whether, like I said, people come for two days a week or five days a week, whatever it may be, that I feel that's why they do it, have that connection, number one. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thanks for the question. It's great. I think, Tanya, Michelle, she, did she answer your question? <laughs> Kind of, she kind of answered my question because I was wondering about, you know, when you talked about um, education, providing education, was that specifically for your team, like in terms of employees and managers, or was that those are services that you offer to your membership as well? And so maybe it, maybe if you could expand a little bit on like, what are the services or what are the, you know, when I, if somebody comes in and has a membership with you, what do they get within that membership? Absolutely. So you're right. It's a two-sided coin where we do education for our team, of course. Yeah. However, with the member-based business and the members at the locations, some of the members, as, as you join, you do, as I spoke about, you have the opportunities, you know, to whatever space you're using. Also, if you're having an office, you also get eight hours of meeting rooms time per per month to use. So then if that's a bonus, because if you need to have a meeting with a, another client and bringing them in, they can meet in the meeting room spaces. And we have four different rooms in each space has different size rooms available. We also have, uh, like I said, the bottomless coffee, tea, et cetera. And uh, the workshops and the uh, education or the get togethers are a real bonus. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not something we always promote, but it is a great idea to think about that because bringing people together is huge. And some of the uh, education comes from within. So if I have an insurance company here and they want to come in and speak on something from within for our members, that's the opportunity. If I have the uh, company that's uh, ability to decorate anything you own, maybe they want to speak in front of somebody. Uh, if we have a lawyer and there's a topic, anyone is available is you know free to do that. So we do let people know that as well. And then we often have brought in, like I said, we've done lunch and learns on people who are you know thinking about getting into you know health and wellness is very important to me. So we've brought in guests for nutrition. Uh, we've brought in people for fitness or chair yoga. Uh, different things we can do you can do at your desk to help them 
alleviate back pain, you know, ergonomic setup, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all bonuses to our members, right? And uh, something that definitely we could promote more. Now that we can get back into having people again, it's good that we are bringing those back. Even the other day, we just had, you know, like I said, popsicle day, beat the heat or grab a, an ice cream because it's just something to bring the people together. And we celebrate every type of event there is. So we also have a little gathering when we have birthdays or special days in the year, holidays, whatever. So we try to gather together. And we used to do potlucks, et cetera. Not quite at that stage yet, but hopefully we will come back to it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. It really feels like there's a resurgence of a need to connect right now, Tanya. So I feel like that is a big plus of a space like yours for people who are remote, uh, small businesses that whatever. Um, just on my, my last question is, are you seeing anything with, um, it feels like we had an, um, an influx of people from out of province moved to Nova Scotia because they could now work remotely. Are any of those people now filtering down to your space to work from your space as well, or are they still working from home? Lots of inquiries started. That's the big thing. Still uh, some virtual memberships. So we do have a virtual membership as well, which is someone who can have a mailbox, sign ban, et cetera. And then uh, if they're out of province and if they're in province, they can also use the meeting rooms too with that. So they may not be needing an office, but however they want, don't want the mail, et cetera, going to their home. Yeah. So we have a lot of requests from Ontario recently. And... Uh, and across Canada at all the locations. And then, cause I think some people are planning on, they are planning on moving, uh, but they're starting with that to get their business rolling. And they have people on the ground locally who are doing meetings yeah. uh, with clients. So we have seen that resurgence at this point. Uh, just trying to think in Moncton, we have quite a, a, a even more res resurgence of that where I find more of the immigration is coming in. Mm -hmm. I have an individual who does do an immigration company. She is a virtual at this point. However, I have spoken to her when I've been there and uh, definitely uh, something for her to consider as an office as her, as that business continues to grow with the number of people moving in as well. That's such good news for our, our region. That is such good news. 100%. I really want to thank you, Tanya, for your time today. I feel like the real bottom line here today is that happiness fuels success. Thanks for coming. 100%. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.